0: Well, hello, and Thank you for tuning in to this podcast. Thank you for uh, tuning in with us to sit and relax. Uh, Let's talk. This is Mark Rivera, and I just got to say thank you so much again for uh, listening and for being part of this, you know, part of this community here that we're building. We're trying to establish this community for the counseling uh, community, you know, just kind of trying to have that so that you know that uh, you are not alone. There's a lot of us out there going through the same struggles. And for those that have, you know, kind of moved past the, the trainee, now are an associate or have been licensed and are doing big things, you know, uh, it, it's amazing to be able to to listen to, to their stories, to, to talk to them and to be able to just kind of, you know, kind of feed off of it. And, you know, kind of take bits and pieces, big chunks, little chunks, whatever is your style, whatever, how genuine you want to be and however much you want to get from somebody else. And you know what, I want to be like this person. This person is is pretty good. I like how they talk. I like how they take pauses. I like how they, you know, how they tell jokes or or whatever it is that you find interesting. It's, It's awesome to be able to, again, as a community, grow together and, and build this, you know. Uh, this is not just for uh, the people that we that we serve, you know, for, for our clients, but this is also for us. Uh, part of this is to be able to have that place of support and place of, uh, you know, providing for each other kind of that comfort and kind of being part of something, you know. So again, thank you so much for listening. And honestly, I can't wait till I have you on this podcast as well, until you are here sharing your wonderful stories. Everybody that I get to meet and everybody that's invited here to this podcast, um, I personally know uh, in, in one way or another, and, and I've just been able to, to feel something very special. And we've been able to, to talk something to the point where, hey, you know what? How about you share some of that on the podcast? And you know what? To all the guests that have been to this point, thank you all so much for all your wonderful gold uh, substance you've provided for us. And, you know, this is so much fun. So uh, we're going to take today. And, of course, you know, um, we have a, a, a special guest. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. You know, I'll make the sound effect so it has a little bit of touch to it. You know, but today we have Alex Tektonopoulos, a fellow student of the cohort. Uh, It's so awesome to be able to have her here on today. Alex, good morning. It's morning time. So whatever time you're listening, it's morning for us. But Alex, good morning.
1: How are you today? Good morning, Mark. I'm good. Thank
0: you. Awesome. That's so good. So Alex, we've been talking a little bit, but please, please share, you know, uh, tell me, tell us a little bit uh, about yourself. Uh, Tell us what got you kind of like into this program.
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm 24 right now. Um, thankfully, I feel really blessed to have had kind of this passion since um, before I even graduated high school. Uh-huh. Um, you know, growing up, I've I've always known I've wanted to help people. And I feel like I didn't know exactly how um, as high school kind of went on. Um, I personally struggled with a, a bit of anxiety and depression, some personal issues and stuff. And something that I really found, um, like, crazy to me was that, like, there was no actual support for for teenagers. Oh, wow. Like that. So, a- like, you know, when I went to get help, it it wasn't really much... Help at all, if I'm being honest, and you know, like my parents obviously are in a different generation than we are, and so they of course don't understand as much, and you know, mental health wasn't as talked about um, back then for them, or it was something that was taboo, or they thought you know bad about it and stuff like that. And I had plenty of friends as well that like when they would reach out is very discouraging to them to, Mm -hmm. know, like, get any help at all. So it just, it kind of hurt my heart that, like, there's no way for children or, like, teens or adolescents to be able to, like, feel comfortable enough to reach out. Uh And then, you know, if they do, like, there isn't many resources. So I think, I think that really kind of pushed me in that direction. And um, I was very blessed to be able to start right out of high school. You know, I started with um social sciences and everything, and you know, social work definitely caught my eye. Um I do know it's a very taxing job, social work. So yeah. <laughs> um yeah. and I do know like eventually like my schedule is going to be getting a lot busier and everything. And uh-huh. you know, I don't have a family at the moment. Uh, but me and my fiance would love to build one, and I know that social work does take up a lot of time. And I started um, talking with my aunt, who actually is uh, an LMFT out in Orange County, and oh wow,
0: okay. um, you have that that source already on the inside,
1: huh? Yeah, true. <laughs> so it it was kind of nice to be able to talk to her and stuff like that. So um, I figured. You know, the LMFT track was something that I really wanted to do, um, whether it's, you know, working in a private practice or um, also doing some side stuff with that. You know, I would really love to be able to help advocate in schools like more mental health uh, training and yes. um, stuff like that. So I am so excited for that. Um, I went from, you know. And an MSJC you know junior college uh-huh. transferred over to a four-year university Um and I'm on my last year finally of my graduate program I did stretch it out to the three years instead of the two which uh-huh. I think honestly was probably best for me yeah um, mentally uh-huh. <laughs> yes <laughs> Just because you know I it's a lot it is a I, lot I'm not gonna I lie. do a lot so um doing the two-year track might have been a little too much on me and I think that was a little bit of self-care of myself you know making that decision yeah um but I'm excited um I just kind of started getting into things so I'm just nervous and but also ready for like more in clients and um kind
0: of learning how everything is yes that, that is that is so awesome thank you for sharing that awesome uh could that snippet of, of of your life story that that's amazing and what's amazing to me to hear it of course I'm, I'm 36 I'll be turning 37 in mm-hmm. October by the way so in October it's my birthday month but uh you know kind of being 36 and listening to you you know at the age of uh tw- 23 right 23. 24, 24 oh, off by what?
1: Yeah. No, I was <laughs> off by what?
0: 24, 24. But like to hear that, that like right out of high school, you were just, this is where your heart was and kind of something that kind of something you went through and experienced, which I think it's something that we all kind of have in common, that there's something, there's like that common denominator that we all have had an experience of personal, you know, uh, difficulties that we've uh, experienced and we've kind of uh, learned from and uh, not just learned from the, the experience, but learned to, like, what is it that's in us and what do we have that, that we could help others? And that's so awesome to hear you that, you know, you you want to help others, uh, to go through that, that go through that stuff, uh, through those moments, through those crises in life that that you personally experienced. Um, so, what, uh, where, where did you? What area did you grow up in? Where, where was it that that there wasn't much uh, like support? If that's not too personal.
1: you okay, good. Uh, the Marietta Temecula area. Uh-huh. So, yes. which to me, I feel like you know, they should have a lot more resources for being in a, you know, I want to say like established kind of city, you know, Uh I feel like they should have had a lot more than they did, you know, Um, some cities, you know, don't have budgets as much as they probably do. So, you know, I don't want to say like that they should or shouldn't be doing, you know, this or that, but like, it's really hard to see that they don't prioritize prioritize it, you know, uh-huh. over some other things, you know, it was really, it was kind of hard to see, like, you know, it wasn't the biggest thing. And then, yeah, you know, one, one of our students at our school actually did um, commit suicide. And after that, you did see kind of them advocating a little bit. Uh-huh. But I, I don't feel like they actually got kind of, you know, that push to, you know, yeah. more.
0: Yeah, kind of like uh, they they kind of started it, kind of opened it up, but it just wasn't, uh, it didn't, they really didn't put much yeah. more than that, huh? That's yeah. so interesting. So if you're listening and if you know about this Temecula or Murrieta area, which is crazy because that's where I moved from, kind of the area I moved from. Uh, me and uh, my wife and my and my two little daughters we actually just moved this past weekend and we're still in the process of moving from Menifee which is you know over, it's not that far there yeah. and now we're over here in Covina but you know what it, it's it's incredible to to hear that 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 was your experience there and I I, I kind of understand and see that because you know I mean out there in the area, it's it's a beautiful place. I mean, you know, you go to Temecula, you know what Temecula is known for. Yeah. You know, everybody out there, you know, don't act like you don't know Temecula, <laughs> California, wine country. How you doing? Hello. <laughs> you know, it's it's beautiful. I mean, the the scenery and everything's beautiful out there. But there is a lot of stuff that we don't see behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, besides all the the beauty and all that of Marietta and, and like Temecula, you know, there are things that are behind closed doors that are kind of something that are not addressed. And, and I, to me personally, um, my thought on that is that, you know, this mental health and all this that existed prior to, I refer to it as like uh, pre-pandemic, you know, was at one point that, you know, was that, what's there. Yeah. But now to where we are post-pandemic, which like, again, which I don't understand if we're even over or done with it, Mass, no mask, some people, yes, no, I don't know. Some cities like over here, everybody's wearing masks kind of like in, in, in like those like public like uh, markets and like places and stuff like that and like stores. I have no idea, but I think like this after the pandemic has just, oh man, it's just kind of pushed that little bit for everybody together, you know, to be able to, to understand and know, you know what? Like, I think we have a problem. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I definitely, I saw, I saw a big change in that because with people staying home, it caused a lot of issues, especially with relationships because of that extra time spent together. Um, It caused a lot of distress with people losing their jobs, Um, you know, you know, people having to transition to at home learning or at home, you know, work and everything like that. And Uh I think. People finally realized with, you know, the whole country basically being in a state of emergency, you know, people finally were like, okay, I can't hold this in any longer, you know, like, I need to talk with somebody. That's why, you know, therapy and therapists and everything like that has been so impacted right now, like, you know, you hear a lot of places being called and they're like, I can't find anybody uh-huh. you know, that's accepting new clients right now because people since the pandemic, I think it skyrocketed. And, you know, since all of that, it's become a little bit more normalized, which is good. You know, people are actually getting that help, you know, but it seems like we still need <laughs> more clinicians, Yeah, you know, to be able to help everybody because- yeah there's such a demand for, you know, getting that help finally.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like I would say, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting swamped, not just we're but all of us as like, uh, you know, in this, in this field, it's like, we're, we're getting kind of swamped, you know, cause it's a lot of need. There's a lot of uh, waiting lists. There's a lot of, you know, trying to find and organize the right, time that matches with a therapist's time, you know, because it's like, I mean, life, has, life continues, life, everybody's working, everybody has their things to do. And to be able to find just that time, and the availability of both a client and a clinician, you know, it's kind of like a little, kind of a little bit of a, a chess game, you know, you just kind of, uh, okay, well, let's, let's try to see, you know, the chess or checkers, you know, one of those two, but that's what came to my head, you know, you just got to kind of like, uh, make moves in order to be able to to have this. Because, yes, mental health has become such a big part now of life because that is what is affecting us all, you know, on a very, very personal and, I mean, just general level of our lives. Um, you know, I have a question. So let's yeah. talk about that. Let's talk about your experience through the pandemic uh, you know, uh, how, how how was it for you? You know, how, how was the, when I say the word quarantine, right? What does that, what does that tell you? What does that say to you?
1: Uh, You know, I, I feel like my quarantine wasn't as quarantine as most people had to. Um, so a lot of my jobs that I was working were in the food industry and i don't know if you kind of saw but most of the food places like especially like you know yeah. like delivery fast food stuff like yeah. that pretty much stayed open uh-huh. the whole time it pretty much didn't affect their hours um increased
0: so was actually right what was that They <laughs> said increased the oh, hours yeah. actually right
1: <laughs> yeah no it definitely increased and so um i pretty much stayed working the whole time which you know of course I, i'm very blessed to have been able to keep my job. You know, I know some people uh, weren't as fortunate. Um, yeah. So I still was kind of, I felt like I was still kind of going through my daily routine, but at the same time, um, you know, of course I was staying home a lot more. Um, you know, I wasn't going out as much to like places and stuff. A lot of places were closed down. Um, the biggest thing that was hard for me was kind of Finishing up, you know, my my bachelor's um, online because, you know, I've been going in person to school, you know, the past, you know, three and a half years before that. And it was like pretty much the last semester of my bachelor's that, um, you know, quarantine and lockdown and everything like that started. And it was kind of hard not being able to go to graduation and stuff. Um, But you know what? I was full swing, ready to start into my graduate program. And that was the thing that meant the most to me. So um, doing graduate school was pretty hard doing it online. um, Uh, I won't say like the classes were super hard, but like the fact that like, you don't get that in-person interaction, you know, you don't have like the person next to you to be able to discuss and I think, that really helps me learn a lot you know you know being in person and everything like that so it was kind of hard you know to be able to learn and stuff like that but um overall i'll say that my my you know quarantine and COVID time um wasn't as bad as you know others could be but um you know i'm blessed to still be here um still have my health and everything so
0: yes Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm with you for my It was was interesting because I I kind of did, I had to kind of take both on the quarantine life and then how to work. I was doing, uh, ABA behavioral therapy and they switched over from in-person to telehealth. Right. So I was working at home during quarantine doing, you know, uh, telehealth, you know, so trying to do the, uh, the programs of uh, applied uh, behavioral analysis, the ABA therapy for kids with disabilities, you know, in the autism spectrum. Uh, and that that was a challenge. It sure was. But the challenge was more of like me being able to stay focused and say myself, you know, because like I said, I have two little girls who are uh, yeah, born like kind of like in quarantine time, <laughs> you know, so it was dealing with that, two babies and trying to, manage, you know what, not leaving the home, having everything delivered to the house. Uh, My God, that was, (laughs) hold on. Let me, let me take it. Let me catch a breath real quick. (laughs) You That was, that was intense, but you know what? It's so awesome to hear you, you know, kind of like going through that transition, going through that and like, continuing though, that is, that is admirable. I mean, that is amazing for you to be able to like pull together that strength and like that focus and like that determination to not only finish your undergrad, but just like, you know what, let's keep going. Let's, I'm gonna keep pushing myself and let's go grad school. How you do it, right? It's like, wow.
1: Thank you. Yeah. And I definitely don't imagine that, you know, ABA was easy to do over telehealth. That's That's one of the, (laughs) one of the things that um, is pretty hands-on, you know, in this field. So I can't even imagine doing that over telehealth and being able to like actually help those kids. You know, even sometimes like doing my sessions with telehealth, I feel like I'm not able to help them as much as I can. Like, of course it makes it easier for some of us in our schedule, which is so nice because it it gives more access for people to be able to get the help. But sometimes I do think the in-person interaction and connection really helps those clients. um, And then helps us as a clinician to be able to, you know, um, better understand and read our clients so we can kind of figure out what's going on or like, if there's any other lying stuff. Cause sometimes over video, it's, it's really hard to see like all of their, you know, mannerisms and, yeah. and like that.
0: Man. Yeah. Those non-verbals, those non-verbals are, are essential. You know, they're, they play such a huge role in a huge, role in that, you know, like at least, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I, I did the best I could, you know, did the <laughs> best I could, but you sure have to get creative. Yeah. And I think for me, that's something that's kind of, I've brought in to kind of like this field, which of course, is not really, you know, it has some similarities, but a lot of differences, right? But yeah. to me, a lot of, you know, what I'm bringing into this field, bringing in from my ABA is rapport, rapport building. Yeah. That for me was something that was key, you know, in in doing all this stuff, like online and doing all that stuff, it was more about concentrating on rapport than yeah. about the actual, you know, uh, the actual, like, program or what are we going to do and everything. It's more about building the rapport so that the 15, 30 minutes of, like, the work that we're going to do, it's going to be solid. You know, it's going subs- to be good substance because we've already established enough that you feel comfortable and you've opened yourself to take it. You know, that's kind of my my interpretation of like what was happening and what was going on so so now at this point right so now that you've started right uh, that amazing title of like being now a a clinician right now being a clinical counselor the therapist mm-hmm. how's that been for you so far what what are your experiences so far um
1: i do i do still feel a lot of imposter syndrome imposter syndrome like uh-huh. i I definitely won't lie. Um, yes, that's something that I feel like I've struggled with for a long time. Uh huh. Um, even before I got to graduate school, you know, during my bachelor's and everything, like you know, me kind of just believing in my head that like I don't even actually know what I'm doing and stuff like this. And yeah, it's discouraging when you know sometimes I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> and then it sort of just reinforces that idea. Yes, But like, then there's, there's those sessions that you actually get across to your client or they open up quite a bit or, you know, they respond pretty well to like the, the session. And that feels amazing to Uh me, you know, like even a 13 year old, I had that, you know, she didn't want to talk as much. Um, you know, and I decided to change it up and use you know like some games and activities. And honestly, I got more about what she was going through through <laughs> those little card games. Yeah. You know? And it's just you—you're you're not going to have the perfect answer for every single client. Uh huh. Every single client's going to be different. Um, every single client needs help in different ways. Um, you just have to kind of like gauge on what you think that they're going to respond most to. And, um, you know, I think I'm, that's what I'm struggling with a little bit, but the biggest thing that has helped me and I've felt so blessed is just everybody around me, yeah. you know,
0: community, the community.
1: exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, starting with the people at CBU, like, Honestly, I never knew people were, you know, so nice, (laughs) so caring. Please, please tell me, please
0: tell us more, please tell us more.
1: (laughs) And well, when I got to CBU, like, I felt like people wanted me to succeed there. I felt like my colleagues around me that were going through the same stuff and same classes, you know, all they wanted to do was, you know, help each other out so we can all kind of be able to provide you know good help for each other which is like so enlightening to see you know that we just want you know all these other future clinicians to be able to help their clients and and then you know now that i'm in my practicum site like these therapists have been amazing my yeah. supervisor has been amazing you know there hasn't been a second that I haven't reached out that they've been more than willing to help me. They've been more than willing to listen to what I'm struggling with and, you know, give me some support or give me some help. And like, just in such a like bright and nice and kind manner, you know, Uh like I forget there's so many nice people in this (laughs) world, like until I'm just surrounded by, you know, all these therapists and clinicians and, you know, so that has been like extra motivating to me, you know?
0: That, that is amazing. You touched such a beautiful point because I think that is something where it, it's it's empowering. You know, it's so, to be able to be there for one another, to, to help each other out, you know, to talk and to, do, it's empowering, you know, especially for us in this uh, counseling and psychology field. It's, it's very, it's, it's something that's much needed not just for ourselves, but for each other. And I feel like really what we're doing is that we're now, uh, like I said, th- this post-pandemic time, like this is, I feel like this is like a, a game changer. You know, it's a game changer because we need to do that in order for this to grow, in order for this to, to be out there like it should be. You know, uh, mm-hmm. for myself, a lot of clients that come in, especially the Hispanic, you know, Spanish speaking, all yeah. this stuff is foreign. You know, all this, uh, you know, Uh, counseling and all this, you know, like,
1: they're uh, not used to it, you know, like, yes, the machismo, you know, like, (laughs) I've studied a lot of that. And like, you know, that's one of the biggest things is like, you don't see a lot of clients in that, um, you know, ethnic or background. And now, finally, since the pandemic, I feel like it's opened that door a little bit for them to feel comfortable, or feel like that they can actually go and get the help.
0: It is. It's, you know, part of culture, part of like, mm-hmm. you know, upbringing, you know, kind of like from our past generations and everything, you know, every, but now in, in present time, it's like everything is just different, you know, like everything is just, it's just different, you know, and, and we have to now figure out the way and figure out a better way, not just to survive, but to thrive. Surviving is one thing, staying afloat, that's awesome. We need to sometimes. Myself, uh, some weeks, <laughs> some days, <laughs> I just need to stay afloat. And I yeah. say, just stay afloat. Okay. Don't, yeah. don't, that's it. Today's not your day. Even from early morning, yep, today's not going to be your day. Just stay afloat. Yeah. You know, tomorrow's another one.
1: <laughs> and there's so many more like resources to be able to help people be able to actually, you know, get the help they need because, You know, you don't see a lot of clinicians that are bilingual or, you know, no more than one language. So sometimes the people that do need the help, you know, they they don't speak English, you know, Uh, they'll speak, you know, many different languages. And, you know, you've seen like uh, services through IHP. They actually have, you know, translators so you can just make an appointment with them um, and have that translator in session. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe a little extra step, but at least this way it's not hindering them from being able to get that help, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. That's, that's a very, very beautiful point right there. So, uh, so, all right. So now let's turn it to you. Uh, do you have anything you want to put out or, or ask or anything you want to talk about? We have, we still have a couple more minutes. So yeah. um, it's your turn, what you got?
1: <laughs> um. Well, I think, I think obviously this podcast is, is really good, you know, like hearing, you know, my other colleagues from CBU on here talking about their experience so far with um, their clients and starting a practicum and everything like that. Um, I think it brings a little bit of uh, unity in kind of just feeling like you're not alone, but Mm -hmm. also it helps because, you know, you'll see what others struggled with and how they overcame it and stuff like that. So like, um, like you know, like what are some of the things that that you may have struggled with in the beginning when you started seeing clients, you know, and and like how did how did you kind of help with that, you know, so we can help others understand that as well.
0: Okay, okay. Well, yeah. Wow. Getting personal here. All right. <laughs> Definitely. You know, for me, I think one of my uh, one of my biggest things that I had was that I was which is confidence is good. Like we, we need to have confidence, you know, cause or else they'll clients will see right through you really quick. If you're not confident, you don't believe in what you're saying. If you don't, if you don't, what do they say? If you don't, um, uh, if, oh, no, I just forgot. If, if you don't taste your lemonade or what is it? If you don't, if you don't, how are you going to sell it? How are you going to, if you don't, if you don't, you know, uh, Okay, anyway, let me try. It. Let me go somewhere else. <laughs> go. But like if you're not living or believing in what you're saying, you know, how are others going to, you know? So for me, one of the the parts that was that was kind of a little bit of a struggle was actually the the belief in myself, you know, my expectations and like where I thought like I needed to be and how knowledgeable and how like savvy and how how much of the technical terms like I needed to know like how much I needed to have the DSM-5 memorized and all this stuff you know that was it was very hard it was very hard for me and especially when coming down to like doing notes Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: you know and all that stuff like I just I felt so much pressure Mm -hmm. um you know and that pressure actually kind of held me back a little bit because I was kind of intimidated now you know in in doing the wrong thing and writing my notes or or you know not not being um not explaining enough and not doing all this stuff but that to me has been something that you know kind of like over time I've become more comfortable uh and just been open to like you know what like you're you're learning and you're growing and one of the things that's really helped me are like uh, my supervisors, you know, the, the people that are there, that are working, that have been there for at my uh, practicum site that have been there um, for a minute or two, you know, that are now associates and uh, are now licensed, you know, um, they share and they say that, uh, that to this day, they're still working on themselves, you know, so so have a little bit of grace on yourself. So I think that's the biggest part, um, having grace on yourself and not expecting to just, come out there just with fire you know <laughs> yeah no I, I, of, yeah. I totally agree with that yeah yeah so that's kind of been my yeah been my part so definitely well like I said thank you uh so much for for asking me that question you got me thinking a little bit I have to go back and be like man that was that was awesome you know when when you see your own growth when you see like your own mistakes that you've learned from. And, you know, sometimes those mistakes are just those inner battles, you know, those inner battles of you fighting with yourself, which kind of hinder kind of your growth and your capabilities, you know. But I think that part, what do you think about having a little bit of grace on yourself?
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's good for, you know, everybody to hear that because, like, going into it, like, you don't even think about having that grace on yourself. You're just like... I need to be doing this. I need to be helping them, you know, and, and then when you feel like, I don't know what I'm doing, or you feel like, I don't know how to help them. Like it kind of, I, you know, sometimes you can beat yourself up about it, you know, and it's hard because then that makes this, this career a little bit harder because, you know, you're not being nice to yourself about it. You're not giving yourself that grace to, to learn and to, um, to grow and gain more knowledge and everything. And so hearing that, and hopefully others hearing that, you know, it's not going to be as easy, you know, and you need to give yourself a little bit more like grace and kind of, you know, be easy on yourself. Yeah. It's, it's (laughs) definitely not an easy, um, profession, you know, um, It's going to be hard on you whether you're trying to figure out what to do or it's going to be hard on you because of, you know, hearing what your clients are going through, you know, so take that time, you know, go easy on yourself, you know, you're not going to be the best clinician right off the bat, you know, you're going to be learning, you're going to make mistakes, you know, Um, you're going to have to ask for a lot of help. So just Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to do that.
0: Yes. Yes. Wow. That that was some, that was some golden substance right there. You know what? I can't even, I can't even say anything more after that. You know what? That's just, that's just too good. That was powerful. That was so powerful. Alex, Bliss. thank you so much for, (laughs) for sharing your time and for taking some time apart to be on the podcast. Uh, Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. We all appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Of course. And thank you for having me. This is this is an awesome podcast to have and it's really nice just to have like a discussion and just, you know, be able to put that out there for other people to be able to listen to.
0: Yeah. So thank you so much. Uh, and I, I'll still see you around. So good luck on the rest of your journey. I'll see you. I'll see you next week. Probably going to have a class or two together. So I'll see you next week.
1: <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right.
0: Everybody listening. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. Hopefully this was something that in one way or another kind of, uh, illuminated or or brought up a question or have something, or you know what, or maybe you heard how good this was. Maybe you want to join in here too. So I just got to say God bless. I hope you have an awesome, amazing day. We're now heading into the weekend. You have a great weekend and we will talk soon. Appreciate it. Goodbye, everybody.